While possession of small amounts of cannabis is now legal in Washington State, you are not permitted ah! to grow. Well, then I'm you not are. growing weed in my garden. <laughs> Neil Armstrong said, no, don't put our names on there because it has nothing to do with us. This is about the team of people that put us on the moon. We're in there. Thank you for joining us. This is uh, Salt of the Streets, episode 65, Five. pre-show. I had it written down, too. Thank you again for joining us. I am Donovan. I'm Colin. And this is our good friend, Isaiah. He is here to join us today. We are going to talk about the debates in large and all the different, uh, you know, subjects and, and topics that that encompasses. So we're going to talk about immigration. We're going to talk about healthcare. We're going to talk about education a little bit. We're going to talk about... All kinds of shit. What all else? kinds of stuff. Yeah, all, all kinds of stuff. Foreign policy. Uh, Kamala Harris. There's some attacks on Joe Biden. Not like physical ones, political ones. Um, oh, yeah. Kamala Harris got deal. her dick stomped on the dirt by Tulsi Gabbard. Pretty yeah, bad. Yeah, it was awesome. I, I loved was it. so excited about it. I loved it. it. So we're going to talk about that stuff and then just kind of whatever. Yeah, you know. yeah. Uh, but before we continue, I want to thank everyone for joining us again on our Facebook at Salted Streets. We have our YouTube at Salted Streets. We have our Instagram at Salted Streets. We have our own personal social medias. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and Alpaca underscore Don on Instagram. Colin is at Big Bird Offie on both those things. Do you want to? Th- you don't have to if you don't um, want to. I mean, Twitter it's just Brooks underscore Isaiah. Words. Not too politi- politically activated, so. Yeah. You like sports, yeah. though. Yeah, sports and music stuff. Yeah. Basically Always that. I like that. Uh, so you can find all that shit. And we'll, we'll tag him on there on uh, saltofstreets.com. Obviously, that's where all of our stuff is. I think it's at YouTube already. Yep. Find our fucking podcast everywhere you want to see it. It's awesome. Loving it. Shout out to Podcoin again this week. Fucking Boom. slaying it. Boosting our shit. And it was down on like Tuesday or Wednesday, right after I pimped in and got a bunch of people on there and talked about how dope it was. And like Wednesday morning, it was down. And I was like, I feel like a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, but I didn't know. It was like, I thought it was just me. And I already had to reset my... Like password share there in the week, so I send them this fucking heated email by like, what the fuck? You know, like, why is this happening? And then I got another email, and they were like, oh, we were down, we were updating, like, but here's an extra hundred coins because you said something, and I was like, Aww. fuck, you guys are cool, like, god damn it. So <laughs> that is dope. Yeah, they were rad. So thank you again, guys. Podcoin. Um, it's very rare to have a very interactive customer service when it comes to like tech yeah. platforms now. When I feel like this app is still pretty small i yeah. think it's still a pretty like a startup essentially so i think not only is it good for us to be getting in on what is kind of the ground floor um but it allows them to still be like pretty well engaged with the people that are using the app which i think is very helpful yeah um before we go any further any further i need you to tell me what you consumed before we got here today cheese omelet and a Hill of bacon. A hill of bacon. You know, nice. not a mountain like again, but a hill. Yeah. And you brought bacon. some donuts. Is that what yeah. you yeah. anything else? Was Larry it just Christie's donut? Note, that's oh, it. Okay. Had a bear claw. Yeah, nice. I don't think Isaiah Cheers. has a track record of passing out on camera, so no, he's safe. No. no. Have you heard about that? Have you heard <laughs> yeah, this? No, yeah. I don't yeah. remember that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Best yeah, that episode ever. <laughs> I had a breakfast sandwich this morning. Some, yeah. Some bacon, some sausage. And I took out strawberries out of the garden, which mm-hmm. was dope. Um, the baby's been eating shit in the garden, uh, like golden zucchinis were growing and strawberries that were growing and regular zucchinis that were cucumbers were growing on zucchinis. Um, we also have tomatoes that are going fucking wild right now. Kind of tomatoes. We have cherry tomatoes oh, right. and Ooh. then also 
regular tomato. I don't remember what the fuck they were. Uh, are they has tomatoes? No, no, that's no, no. They're like uh, <laughs> the big fat round they, ones. Yeah, they're Beef like steak. early somethings. That's what they're called. Like oh, okay. early birds or early reds or some some shit like that. It's some something. There's way too many types of tomatoes, dude. Yeah, it just it's weird. It's um, weird. We got some pumpkins going too, though. Ooh. For yeah, so that the the little boys can carve them. You know, come cool. come Halloween time. Yeah, that would be nice. Nice. Um. Oh, and then I found some seeds in my weed the other day. Planted those in the garden, right just stuck them in there. Does that shit work? So it yeah, can, maybe. yeah, yeah. You can like you can germinate them. You know, you can take like put them in a like a wet paper towel for a couple of days and like oh, yeah. get it like start them yourself and then do it. But I don't really give a shit. So if they grow or not, you know. So I just put them in there. I'm just watering them. You know, to see what the fates have in store. Yeah, and for if it. they grow, then they grow, and like that will be cool. And I'm oh, not mad at it. And Jordan was like, like, can we like do that? And it was like it's Washington, baby. Only like, we can grow like X amount of plants or whatever, and it's not a problem. Like I don't remember what it is. It's like four. Or some shit like that that you can like grow and they're like yeah you're fine you I'm not even 100% on that I'm yeah. I'm fairly certain that there is and uh, maybe I'm wrong but I, I feel very <laughs> comfortable that there is like an like X amount of plants that you can grow it is certainly less than if you have your green card if you have a green card it's like 12 or some shit like that that you can have at one time but I, I am fairly certain that there's a small amount of plants that you can grow I want to say walk to yourself try to Let's see here. Question. Tell me. I like gardening and growing my own food and blah, 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 blah. Can I grow weed? While possession of small amounts of cannabis is now legal in Washington State, you are not permitted ah! to grow. Well, then I'm not are, growing weed in my garden. Unless you <laughs> so. are a medical user. So <laughs> well, there you go. Get your green card, bro. <laughs> I, I didn't so. want to rain on your parade there. No, <laughs> I know, you know, it happens. I can't that's, be right about everything. You know, that's like I'm, the time Theo Vaughn on Joe Rogan um, admitted to eating owls. Which happens to be illegal. He ate an owl once. Yeah. Oh shit. And he had no idea that it, like that's a straight up like felony. Yeah, like, <laughs> do that. It was like, well, you know, I just, I mean, I just had a little bit. I mean, I didn't like it. It wasn't good. <laughs> well, in that case, I didn't put them in my garden. I threw them into the street. Yeah, you're like, this just, is garbage. Get out yep, of here. I don't need this. I can't do anything with it. So uh, <laughs> threw them in the street. So if they grow in the cement, then they grow in the cement. And yeah, there we'll, you go. We'll see what happens. I well, wonder why I thought that. I think Oregon allows for six plants. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Canada, I think it's got something similar to like you throw some shit there. I looked up Oregon shit when we went there for like Cody's birthday or whatever Mm -hmm. two years ago. I looked up some shit down there because I was curious Mm -hmm. as to why it was different. So maybe that is what I was thinking of. Well, that's fucking lame. Well, soon enough, bro. Yeah. Soon enough. Give it time. No problem. When it's legal federally, I got to imagine people can at least Uh, grow a couple, you know, in their yard. Like if not. Fuck them. We'll some sort yeah. of like hemp law, though. You know what I mean? You could be like, yeah, yeah. Hemp plant. Technically, oh, you know, exactly. till it buds, we don't know what it is. So exactly. we're just going to wait. <laughs> <laughs> I might make some paper with it, motherfucker, and then we'll see what's really going on. Oh, yeah. You probably get in digger, bit, uh, deeper trouble with that. <laughs> if I was going to instead yeah. try and make some paper. Fuck yeah. Cocaine Mitch will be like, no, 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 no. No, no, sir. No, Only no. In my state, asshole. <laughs> So, Colin, I watched uh, that movie that you were talking about, The Man Who Shot Hitler and Then Bigfoot. Yes. Um, oh, starring <laughs> great Sam Elliott. Heard this heard movie. It, but I have not. So, so, I don't want to spoil it, but I can talk, I think, roughly about Sam Elliott's character and not ruin the movie, right? So, Because mm-hmm. it's not... Even if you tell the whole plot of the movie, I don't even feel like it ruins it. No. Like, because it can't... There's It just can't describe it, right? So, yep. Sam Elliott plays a guy who shot Hitler in World War II. 
right? And then lives with this forever and then eventually is asked to hunt down Bigfoot because it has like some type of disease or some weird shit, right? And for me, I didn't feel like the movie was that good, but Sam Elliott's character was fucking awesome. Like he, oh, yeah. the character he plays was so intriguing and so fucking interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Because he battles with having murdered Hitler his entire life. Like mm-hmm. he comes back to America and he's just struggling with having killed somebody like his whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when he goes to get recruited to hunt down Hitler, he's talking to this FBI agent about having killed Hitler. And he's like, by the time that Is I he did an it. American? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam he's just he's just a, he's an American mm-hmm. guy that joined the army and and then they sent him, you know, over. Yeah, he was and, like one of the original, like James Bond. Yeah, you know what did they call that back then? The office of the OSS. Yes, office Special, of Str- yeah. strategic services or something yes. like that. Yeah, so he will. Yeah, so he gets assigned over there. You know, uh, poses as a German officer, gets into mm-hmm. the fucking Reichstag or whatever. Oh, that's already burned down, probably or yeah. whatever. So wherever Hitler's at, shoots him and then leaves. Right. So he's talking to this FBI agent, and like this is the best scene of the whole movie for me. And he's like, it's like by the time that I killed Hitler, he wasn't a man anymore. He was an ideology. Like it was too late. You know, the idea was already too big. The Nazis already had people already lined up, imposters to look like Hitler. It's like mm-hmm. so the next day. He's showing up in the media, even though I know I just killed him. You know, he's like, so the second dude is the guy that gets taken out by Project Valkyrie, Tom Cruise, right? Yeah. The third guy is the guy that actually dies at the end of the World War. And he's like, and he's a pussy, so he killed himself. So, That's pretty cool. And so he's telling this FBI agent, he's like, it's like, it's all well and good. He's like, but I never wanted to kill anybody. And he's like, I never wanted to kill anyone, but I got convinced into doing it because I was convinced that it would change the tides of the war. And then I come back and it literally changes nothing. It's like I killed someone for nothing. Yeah, because by that you know time it was already it was too late. Too late. And, yeah. yeah, and so he's just having to battle with this for the rest of his life mm-hmm. that he committed a murder that that changed nothing. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, that is one of the coolest fucking character ideas I've ever heard of. Like, oh yeah, that's so great. You kill Hitler and it doesn't actually and it mean it doesn't anything. matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the whole rest of the movie, I was like, this is one of the strangest movies I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> but his character was so fucking intriguing the whole time, and there's flashbacks and all this shit. It was so good. Oh yeah, I mean you know, yeah. It's to me why I liked it. It was like it's one of those movies that it's like this older guy is coming to terms with the fact that he's old. He's getting yeah. old. It's you know so he's having all these flashbacks to his glory days and all this stuff, and he's realizing that none of it really mattered at all. And so it's the whole movie is this struggle of him kind of losing all purpose in life and then finding a new purpose when it comes to go kill big like fucking Bigfoot. Yeah, and. That's just the way the kind of movie ends off. So the movie, in my mind, isn't about him killing Hitler or him killing Bigfoot. It's just about him kind of getting old and right. trying to refine purpose in life. Right. And I fucking dug the shit out of it. It was good. Movie. It's totally worth watching. Yeah. Totally yeah, worth watching. Sure. It's on Hulu. Hulu? Yeah. yeah. It's on Hulu. It's okay. totally worth it. Um, I did, Like I said, I was like, this is There's one of the stranger movies. I've been wanting to watch uh, Vice. Vice. Oh man, so fucking good. We went and saw it in theaters. Yeah, me and Colin and Jordan went and saw it in theaters, and it is so fucking good. So good. Oh my god. Have uh, Chad come over, dude. Come and watch it. But yeah, Christian Bale 
does such an incredible fucking job at Dick Cheney. And the way that it's directed, you know, if there's like all these side conversations and like they say in the beginning, like they, tr- they tried to do it the best that they could, but they obviously can't attest to exactly what the conversations mm-hmm. were that happened, you know, but they know what the outcomes were. Yeah. So they have just these really crass, very honest conversations. The way that you would imagine politicians at a high level just being like, no, fuck that. Like we're dropping the missiles. We're doing mm-hmm. it like – it's like this is fucking great, dude. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, That's it goes awesome. from from him before he's even run for any type of anything until you know he dies. Oh, yeah, it was God, like it was working so for great. some electric company or yeah. something, right? It, it was, was like a yeah power line being a lineman. Shit. Yeah, yeah, it's a fucking great movie though. Oh God, it was good. And it's who's the director? What else did he make? Was it the Big Short? The, guys? the Big Short. Have you ever seen that? No. Um, the Big Short has Steve Carell in it and has Ryan Gosling in it and a bunch of other people, super famous, and it's about the housing crisis in 2008. And there was okay. like three or four groups of people that bet against the housing market. And so when it did crash, they made billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Just billions of fucking dollars. And they bought all this up because... In some cases, because they didn't believe that it was happening. Like, Mm -hmm. they were like, I can't believe that these companies are actually offering stock options, betting against their mortgages that Mm -hmm. they need to survive for them to survive. And so they bought it because they were like, this is ludicrous, like, that they're even doing it. And then they ended up making billions of dollars. Yeah. So it's fucking... So good. The Big, the big short. short. Yeah. yeah. Big Short. Um, Ryan Gosling, yeah. Casey Groves, Christian Bale. Super I mean, famous there's so people in that many. It's and fucking so good. Like half the super famous people aren't actually in like the storyline. They're yeah. there as like a narrator who just shows right. up and like fills you in on some shit because it's really such cool a story. yeah because it's such a complicated subject you know what I mean loans and sh- I don't mm. fucking know anything about that they have different cutscenes of like Margot Robbie in a bathtub drinking champagne explaining a large concept that they're talking about yeah. like yeah. simplifying it using a metaphor to break it down and then Selena Gomez at a fucking poker table you know explaining like like how they're short in the market so she's betting and then they have other people behind them that are betting on whether or not she's going to win this hand you know and so they're like this is what's going on and it's so fucking that our good. generation could relate to a little bit more too yeah oh yeah <clears throat> yeah it's being our age living through that situation going and now we're reaping the consequences of like the fuck ups of the gen xers and the baby boomers and that mm. in the housing market well, just and, fucking everybody up for future generations and i think that you're correct because you Isaiah are correct people can relate to it because like my mom was very much a person that i mean you saw her mm-hmm. house you know she got a loan to get into a house that she should never got yeah. you know that cost too much money for us to be living in it was a fantastic house but in the end that's why we lost it you know it's because it was too much money never should have got that house you know when my grandma was living there it wasn't as big of a problem because there was two income but it was when it was just her you know mm-hmm. like that's not enough money to be living in that house <clears throat> and that's why we lost it you know got caught up we bought it in like 2000 uh, mm-hmm. or something like that because it was right when i was in kindergarten so that's at the height, you know, if people like, they're like, oh yeah, everyone can fucking buy a house. If you want one, come and take it. Like, we'll mm-hmm. fucking, whatever you want, you know? I can totally relate to that, you know? And that's, that is not an uncommon story from people we went to high school with that are like, exactly. oh, well, we live in an apartment now, but we used to live in a house, but we couldn't afford that house anymore. And so we lost it. So now, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yep. Super common. Exactly. And yeah, and I think that it was, that's one of the reasons I was so interested in it was to provide backstory to something that I lived through, but didn't understand, you know, I just, cause I was like 18 when my mom moved out of that house, you mm-hmm. know, so it took a long fucking time, but for your house to be foreclosed on, it takes a long yeah. time, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, 
Yeah, it, it was really good. And it was interesting I'll to know. Sure. Oh, totally worth it. It's been out for a couple of years because yeah. we've talked about it a few times, but it's it's absolutely worth it. I think yeah. it was 15. <clears throat> when it come out? Yeah, 2015. Yeah. Big short. So, it was, it was good. I think that I watched it on Netflix originally, but it's kind of bounced around to other oh, services man. since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me tell you guys about this. Last week I was talking to Colin about an Apollo 11 podcast that I was listening to, and I learned all these just amazingly interesting things about Apollo 11 and like the missions and all this stuff. And um, I don't remember what it was that I told you last week that, I, oh, Buzz Aldrin, right? When he landed on the moon, mm-hmm. the first thing he did was he took communion. You took what? Took communion. Really? It's like a super devout Protestant. Yeah. And so he brought wine and wafers with him that had been blessed by a priest. And he took communion on the moon before they went and did their moonwalk. That's super interesting. Yeah. I was like, I'm not even religious, but I think that's so fucking cool that like that he's so devoted to his religion that they have just accomplished maybe the most amazing feat in human history. Mm. And he's like, I got to thank God, dude, because I couldn't have done it without him. You know, like you just put yourself on the fucking moon. Mm. You can do the launch calculation in your fucking head, Mm -hmm. in your head. You don't need paper. You don't need shit. You're like, I got to thank God, dude. That's crazy. That's crazy, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And so the other thing that I learned this week when I listened to the last episode, there's like 60-some-odd NASA missions, you know, that just went to space, went to the moon, did different things. They all have their own crest, their own patch that's on the spacesuits, that's up on the side of the, excuse me, Mm -hmm. on the side of the rocket, right? It's the only, and they all have the names of the crew on the outside rim, you know? Mm -hmm. It's the only one that doesn't have the name of the crew is Apollo 11, right? And that's because... Neil Armstrong said, no, don't put our names on there because it has nothing to do with us. So this is about the team of people that put us on the moon. This isn't Jesus. about me. is isn't about Buzz. is isn't about Collins. is isn't about anybody else who's up in space. It's about the people on Earth that put us on the moon. That's cool. That's dope. By request of, of fucking Neil Armstrong. He's like, nope, I don't want our names on this patch. So I'm listening to this and I'm like, Neil Armstrong is maybe the greatest dude to ever exist on the planet. Like, maybe <laughs> ever. You might be the greatest dude to ever live. And he's fucking dead now, right? So at a certain point, he stops signing things because he finds out people are selling just random items that he signed. So for the last, Aww. like, 10, 15 years of his life, doesn't sign shit. It's like, no, I'm not doing it. Like, I will not sign your item for you because you're going to sell it and you don't give a shit about me. You give a shit about making money off someone who gives a shit about but me. But a dude like that, you know? I bet you you like get the opportunity to actually and I have bet a he would. Yeah. And you're like, hey, can you sign this for right. me? Right. But he wouldn't sure do it for just people who walked yeah, up exactly. anymore. You know, he found out at a certain point that his barber was selling his hair clippings. Right. What that had the taken his hair clippings, funny. selling his hair clippings. I think he said he made like three or six thousand dollars off of it, right? So Neil Armstrong sues his barber and he's like, What you're gonna do, you're gonna donate that money. Because I don't want it. I don't want that fucking money, but you shouldn't have that money because you're a piece of shit. So I'm gonna sue you for this money and you're gonna fucking donate it because you shouldn't have it. Hey, you know. So fucking cool, Neil Armstrong, dog. So fucking cool. So what I'm hearing you tell me right now is that we need to just get rid of all of our politicians and start making NASA astronauts. Astronauts Astronauts need to be the people leading the country because they apparently understand the way that shit should go. Yeah, they seem relatively humble considering where they're at. So rad. I think there's got to be something, for lack of a better term, religious about being blown out into fucking space and then looking back and realizing how small and fucking insignificant you are. I'm pretty sure that the first crew of Gemini astronauts 
And no, they were all white. They were all men. They were all in their 30s. Pretty certain they were all married. Pretty certain they all had children. And I'm fairly certain they were all devoutly religious. Most of them Protestants. It would make Just sense by chance, for the time. You know, because a lot of them were from the Midwest, too. They're from weird fucking corn-fed country states. They're all test pilots. So none of them are even regular bomber pilots or anything. They were like... We want people who have flown things no one has ever flown before because you're going to fly things no one has ever flown before, you know? So they were all test pilots. They had all just flown random new fucking aircraft their whole careers. Hmm. And yeah, so just That's by wild. chance, they had all these weird things in common, you know, which is just so interesting. Like, That's I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I liked it a lot, dude. I liked it a lot. That a podcast was fucking amazing. <laughs> and the way that that dude wrote it, because it was all written by Bill Whittle, the same guy who narrates it. And he just, you know, so he reads it really well, obviously, because he fucking wrote it. And it's just, it's excellent. It's How many episodes excellent. is it? Four. Four? And they were all right about an hour. Yeah, I think they got like a little bit longer as it went on, but they were all about an hour. And it was fantastic, every single one of them. I'm going to have to get on it. <clears throat> got to get on it. Yeah, it was totally worth it, dude. It was totally worth it. Um, I had something the fuck else here. Hey everyone, I really hope you're loving this week's episode of Salt of the Streets podcast. Well, did you know that you can actually get paid just for listening to this podcast? I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. We just discovered this free new app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to podcasts, and you earn PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that PodCoin in for gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks. Or if you're a really good person, you can even donate that PodCoin to various charities. The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you do. Download the app right now on iPhone or Android, and I have a special code just for you. Simply use our code SALTPOD, that's S-A-L-T-P-O-D, SALTPOD, and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. And if you listen to enough of them on there, you can get what I like to get at Starbucks, a nice grande nitro cold brew purely on us. So go ahead and go listen to this podcast right now or virtually any other podcast right now on PodCoin and make sure to sign up with our code SALTPOD, S-A-L-T-P-O-D, SALTPOD. I swear it'll change the way you listen to podcasts. And now back to the show. I was The Pacific. So oh, I yeah. finished watching The Pacific again. Have you ever seen The Pacific before? No. So you heard of Band of Brothers? Sounds super familiar. Band of Brothers is an HBO miniseries about a group of people. It was the first of the 501st, mm -hmm. right? That's what it is. And they, so they land their paratroopers and they land in fucking in Germany, right? Is that where they're at? Yeah, they, 101st Airborne yeah, yeah. landed behind. Yeah, during the invasion of Normandy. Yeah. The God. ones that so, their whole job was to drop behind enemy lines and start taking out targets so that the amphibious invasion that we all are so familiar with on yeah. D-Day could move in relatively unimpeded, which, of course, didn't work out yeah. exactly right. as planned. <clears throat> but they yeah, did their best. So Band of Brothers is a yeah. fantastic fucking miniseries. It's won all kinds of stupid awards. It's, it's yeah. amazing, right? HBO? Yeah. 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 And then the Pacific is kind of like a sister series that is about people fighting the Pacific, obviously, right? So mm -hmm. it's about a group of dudes, mainly Robert Leckie in the beginning and then Eugene Sledge towards the end. Maybe like and the Philippines or... So they like land in the Solomon Islands, which is outside of Australia, okay. right? And so they are on Guadalcanal 
And then they go to an island called Pavuvu, which is also in the Solomon Islands. And they go from there and they go to Peleliu in Japan and they go to Okinawa, right? Robert Luckley never makes it to Okinawa, but him and Eugene Sledge storm Peleliu together. Mm. And then Eugene Sledge goes from Peleliu to Okinawa and is there when the Japanese surrender and then they come home. And so the last episode is about them being back in America after the war has ended and them just dealing with existing in a world where all they know how to do now is fucking kill people, you know? Mm-hmm. So Eugene Sledge is at one point is going to try <clears throat> to sign up for school. And this girl who signed up was like, she, you don't have like this type of skill. You didn't learn this. You didn't learn anything. She's like, the Marines didn't give you any type of skill that like you could use afterwards. And he like leans really close to her. And he's like, the Marines taught me how to kill Japs. So I kind of got pretty fucking good at it. Mm-hmm. And then he just gets up and he walks away. You know, he's like, I just, I like, I signed up to do something that I thought would change the world. And now no one gets a fuck. You know, like I can't even get into school because I don't have any fucking skills other than murdering people in another country, you know, and he goes hunting with his dad and they like haven't even hunted anything yet. And he's just walking, you know, and it's quiet and it kind of looks like, you know, like grass thickets in Japan and shit. And he just breaks down and he's crying. He's just sobbing uncontrollably on the ground. And his dad is like holding him. I'm watching this before I go to work because I'm a fucking idiot. (laughs) And I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like on the verge of tears because I'm just thinking like, how horrible it would be to watch your son experience something that you can't comprehend. You know, like if I've, if I've never, I've never served in the military, you know, but if Dax grows up and he, for whatever reason, if shit's going, still going to the Middle East or he served somewhere in combat and he comes back and he's dealing with that, like I don't have any way to try and help you with that other than to support you, you know, and I can't imagine the pain of watching your son that you love more than anything, deal with something that you can't help with, you know, because dad is sitting outside of his room one night, just listening to him have nightmares. Because like, I, there's nothing I can do if I go in there. Like if I go in, I can't help. There's nothing I can say that will make it better. He's just going to say it's fine and go back to sleep, you know, but he's going to have the same fucking nightmare again. Mm-hmm. So he's just sitting outside of his room, just listening, waiting in case Eugene wants to come out and like talk or whatever the fuck, you know, it's just, it's just, not to be like, you know, you never know until you're dead, but it's like, there's, I just, there's some shit that I just look at differently since Dax was born, you know, that mm-hmm. I just, I didn't think about it that way before because there was nothing that caused me to think about it that way. But like to see that, I'm like, that's fucking horrible. Like that's horrible to be in his position, you know, and his, he's just sitting out on this front lawn, just like getting drunk and shit and just hanging out because he doesn't know what the fuck to do with himself. And his mom is like, you need to do something. Like you're fucking lazy and you're not doing shit. And his dad is like, fucking leave him alone. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Leave him alone. You know, like you don't know what men like him have experienced. And now they're back here, you know, fucking leave him alone. Like just shitty, just a horrible position oh, to be in, right. you know? And, and that, his family was kind of that. Antebellum Southern family. Yeah, right? yeah. He Real came yeah. proper old school Southern Democrat yeah. type of thing. Yeah. yeah. So they expect, right. you know, for him to go to college and to make something of himself. And I mean, his dad obviously has different expectations than his mom did because his dad is a little more understanding of like what he experienced, but his mom still has that very traditional view of like, get the fuck out and go and do something, you know. But he's still trying to deal with Fuck man, it's it's crazy. This to to watch the show and see what you know things that he dealt with, and then to see how the fuck he was treated by like his mom when he came mm-hmm. back. You know, it's yeah. like it's rolling over on rotting fucking dead bodies because it's just it's it's so hot. You know, near Australia and in Japan, and no one's being buried. They're just sitting out and they're just rotting, and there's fucking maggots and flies everywhere, and it just stinks. 
and you're just walking over people to try and survive. And then like, you have to come back and do with that. And your mom mm-hmm. is like, what, what the fuck are you doing yeah. with yourself? You know, like, God you just damn. finished reading that book, Helmet for my pillow. Right? I'm like three quarters of the way through Helmet okay. for my pillow. Yeah. Um, which is the one that Robert Leckie wrote, who was on the Solomon islands and then also in Japan. Mm-hmm. And that's a fantastic story. Oh yeah. You know, that's absolutely incredible. Um, and he, his part of the reason he's so good is because he was a writer before he enlisted. He was a sports journalist, his local paper. That's and then, right. And then ended up getting a job at the Associated Press. So he wrote like 50 books or something like that. And only one of them being his war story. And that he wrote in 57. Mm-hmm. So, you know, many years went by before he like actually wrote this book. And then Eugene Sledge took notes in a Bible throughout the time in Japan. And that's what he used to write his story when he came back. Because when he went over, he was so devoutly religious and like really kind of lost that while he was over there. And so wrote all through his Bible in the margins of his Bible notes about his times over there so he could write about it when he got back. Mm-hmm. Dude. Yeah. There's that one scene in the show, and I'm I'm trying to remember, I think it was in the book too, where they're all kind of hanging around, just kind of trying to get some rest and stuff before another push. And there's a bunch of the, like the dead Japanese guys around and that one guy sitting up on the rock and he's throwing little pebbles into this dude's snafu. Yeah. Open his, fucking dome piece. Yeah. He's got his schmegma and shit inside his skull and he's just throwing little fucking rocks in it and it's just splattering all over people's faces. It's yeah. There's also rough. several scenes of people like pulling gold teeth out of dead Japanese soldiers because that's what was like so common in some people because apparently in Japan at least at the time it was really common for people to have gold teeth like if someone's fucked up they put gold on it instead of silver or aluminum whatever the fuck we do here you know yeah. it's, it, gold is less common mm-hmm. here you know so yeah there's people who are literally taking their fucking bowie knives and just breaking Ooh. people's teeth out of their heads while they're just you know after they killed them you know yeah. So they talk. That's been like a fucked up practice ever since like war has been invented is that's stripping the dead of your enemy to get their valuables. Mm -hmm. That's how Snafu is is introduced. The guy who's dropping the rocks. That's how he's introduced is he's breaking people's teeth out. Grabbing watches Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when that happens, Eugene Sledge is like right in front of him. So he's like getting splashed with the shit coming out of this Japanese dude's head. And so to try and like, show snafu a lesson he turns around and starts to like dig the teeth out of this guy's head you know and so then snafu has to like he's like wait no you don't want to do that like that's mm-hmm. fucked up or whatever you know and like after that you don't see snafu dig any more teeth in anybody's head you mm-hmm. know so it's like this weird moment of realization of, like coming back to humanity yeah. you know while you're still over there it's really weird you know really weird um just to read how people get around stuff like that and how they deal with trauma like that, you know, is very interesting. Just the human brain, the way that it, like, it's just the way that it deals with trauma is so yeah. fucking interesting, you know, that some people, in some situations we're talking about eyewitness testimony can be so unreliable, you know, because you're so shocked by what happened that it just distorts everything that you've been through. But I feel like, Jordan and I were talking about it, um, but I feel like in wartime and in, in things like that, it's generally more common for it to like deeply ingrain what you've seen inside of you, you know, and I'm not sure what the difference is where, especially if you look at like the Las Vegas shooting, you know, there were so many mm-hmm. people that were like, oh, there was helicopters in the sky and there's five people out on the ground and there's all this stuff, you know, when we know that there was the one dude who had all these weapons that were killing all these people, you know, and it's just because you're so shocked and so much adrenaline, so much everything going on that it just skews your perception of what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. but people who are 
who serve in combat are able to come back and so clearly recall exactly what they experienced, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure what the difference is that draws those two different reactions, you know? But I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I wonder if it has something to do with the fact that as like a combat vet, you're in, you know you might be in that situation. You're surrounded by it for a long period of time. Adrenaline too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a totally different scenario versus a civilian that all of a sudden finds themselves in a bad situation and it's over and done with quick versus being there for months on end One. seeing the stuff over and over again it's probably a a different impact on right. a person's psyche i would imagine and from what i understand part of the point of like the shittiness of boot camp is to like sleep deprive you and, and put yep. you in in a state of extremity in your body that you're able to learn to deal with that you know Mm -hmm. so if you are somewhere and you are extra tired extra fucking scared extra anxious you still are running off of like core know how to still survive you know so you're more trained to deal with that when you come across that scenario where like you said if you're just a random person you've never been through any type of stress training any type of anything like that you know Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're fucking hearing bullets around you you know you might just shit your pants you know yeah no that's people do that in the middle east anyway you know in all kinds of where people still just shit their pants sometimes like it shit just happens you know yeah and that's no pun intended. But. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. That's what basic training boot camps really designed to do is ensconce <clears throat> that that basic set of skills that could mean survival, could mean the difference between survival right. and death, you know, for everybody around you. And so they try to do their best to get your your mind able to focus on that. You know, like instead of reverting to just kind of shutting down and, you know, curling up in the fetal position and crying – you you revert to your base instincts that you learned in boot camp. Thank you. And that alone could mean the difference between like your unit getting wiped out, saving the ship, or whatever it is. Right. Because like I'll attest to the fact that when you do get in a situation where all of a sudden everybody's like, well, this isn't a drill. This is real. Mm-hmm. You don't think anymore. You just kind of revert back to your training and you just, just, just do it. just doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you look back on it afterwards and go, wait, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. But it's wild. <clears throat> Let me Super check, wild. Let me check just to make sure there wasn't anything else that I had written down here. Oh, I can't oh, wait, dude. I've been watching so many movies and TV shows. I heard on the radio yesterday um, there was a shooting at the Garlic Fest last week, mm-hmm. right? So I learned that that dude was not shot by the police. He killed himself. Oh. Because it was reported that the police had intervened like within a minute and then mm-hmm. they took him down, but he shot himself. Less than a minute, and I mean, you know, I don't. That's all that I got. But yeah. it's still interesting that he, whatever the fuck happened, you know, he killed himself at the end. He wasn't shot by the police. So I'm interested to find out just more about that scenario, how it broke down. You know, this person went here, this person went here, this person engaged, and whatever the fuck, you know, yeah. to see how it ended up that he's killing himself instead of being shot by the police when they're actively engaged with him at the time. You know, so I'm just interested to see yeah. how that happened. <clears throat> At the same time that I was listening to the radio, fucking NPR, I love that shit. I learned that we are in our eighth round of talks with the Taliban to try and figure out some type of fucking something, you know, to try and end the conflict in the Middle East, at least with the Taliban. And they were talking yeah. about just how complicated that is because the Taliban is in there, Al Qaeda is in there, and then the, like the Islamic State has worked its way down into Afghanistan. So they're all in Afghanistan doing their own shit. And the people who are in the Taliban that don't like that they're negotiating with America are leaving the Taliban and going right to the Islamic State. So the Islamic State that we just got rid of in that area is now being rebuilt 
from people leaving Al Qaeda and the Taliban because mm-hmm. they don't like that we're in peace talks with them. So it's like, what the fuck do we even do? You know, like what, like what is there even to be done about that? You know, that you're yeah. trying to deal with the Taliban, which is probably the biggest terrorist group in the area, you know, but everyone who still hates America is just going to leave there and go and work with someone else anyway. You know? Yeah. It's like, and I want to talk more fuck? about that once we start getting into debates and stuff and yeah. foreign policy, especially when it comes to people like Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah. Cause she's really, she's got an interesting take on that type of stuff specifically from her background of actually de- being deployed in combat zones in the mm-hmm. Middle East, in I- Iraq and, and Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait to really get into that. Because there's a bunch of shit that during the debates that it's not – what they said for a lot of – for most part isn't that interesting. But it's the context behind what they're saying mm-hmm. and why they're saying it that I think has some really good conversation potential. That's so. one of the reasons I like having people here and we discuss things like this so that if there is anything that you don't understand, which is oh, totally the point, then like that's that's what we're here for. You know, anything you don't understand, that's what we're here for because we're fucking we're deep into the shit, you know? So we will most likely be able to help figure out, clear up whatever the fuck, you know, the the deal is. Because even people, and not that we're super intelligent about everything, but there's a lot of people who even feel like they understand something, but they're only reading from one source, so they don't actually understand it. You know, they just kind of have like a rough idea of what's going on. And, so, and that was my problem was because I wasn't able to actually watch the debates and I was kind of texting you about it, but it was just like snippets here and there and it felt like each person's like own perspective and not right. really like right. generalized like here's what everybody was talking about not right. really what this person was fighting this person about etc yeah. etc and one of the things I was thinking about this morning <clears throat> while I was in shower actually because I was listening to some podcast about it was healthcare right because everybody who has a different healthcare plan has some type of data to back up that even if it costs three trillion dollars we'll be able to pay for it through x y and z mm-hmm. you know like well, you can't all be correct because I don't know how the fuck you're going to have something that costs an extra $3 trillion you're going to pay for, but nobody's going to pay more in taxes. You know, I don't know where you're getting the numbers to say that that's going to work because I'm not an economist, but that doesn't fucking seem to add up to me, you know? Nope. And then you have other people that are saying, oh, you, we can't afford that. If you're not going to be able to do it, that's a lie. It's whatever. But they're like, oh, no, you know, this study from whatever fucking university or whatever group says that, you know, we'll be able to fund it. It's like... So what's really going on, right? And I don't – I thinking about it, I've realized or decided this morning I really have to go in and look at the studies that underlie different people's healthcare plans to try and see whether or not I feel like they're legit. Again, I'm not an economist, so I'm not going to say, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, like, this is bullshit. We can't afford it. I just have to read them and kind of hope I understand enough to decide, you know, for myself. But, mm-hmm. like, you can't all be correct. You know, nope. you can't all be correct that it has to cost – $500 billion or that it can cost $3 trillion, you know, like it, because that's a huge difference in the amount of money. Area. You know what I'm huge, saying? Like two and a half billion dollars or two and a half trillion dollars is a huge fucking gray area mm. of whether or not it's going to work, you know? So huge, you know, so it's like, so like one of you guys has to be wrong. Mm. You know, you, you can't all be correct about this. And I can tell you for certain without being an economist, you can't add another tree, three trillion dollars to the economy debt and not raise taxes on anyone and expect it to be paid for. Yeah. 
can't fucking happen. There's not enough money flowing through the United States in anything to pay for an extra three trillion dollars of fucking anything. You know, yeah. it's per just year. Not, yeah, yeah, and it's just not going to happen. But like, I think it, that's Kamala Harris's plan. But her argument is that it won't cost that much money. You know, yeah, and but, she's high as fuck, and I can't wait to. Tell you know what I'm saying? It's like, but the, at the end of the day, like, <laughs> you can't both be right. Either it's going to cost three trillion dollars, or it's not going to cost three trillion dollars. You can't both be right, but you both have paperwork that says that you're right. You know. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck is the real answer? Like, and that's just that's part of the problem in people not understanding. You know, is that you both of these candidates have evidence that speaks in their favor. So which one of these things is wrong? You know, because yeah. they're both institutes. They're you know you're both a college or maybe you're a fucking a think tank. You know, so then at that point you're like, oh well, so what's more legit, this think tank who wrote this one or this university who's been around for 150 years that wrote this one? Probably this university that's been around for 150 years, not these people who get paid to find a solution to a certain problem. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because have a this is a interest right in because this is a left wing think tank. So there are a bunch of left wing people paid by left-wing people to find a left-wing solution to something, you know? It's like a college. Right, whereas a college might lean a certain way, but at the end, it's still an academic institute, and it has to be accredited by other academic institutes who are going to read that report and say Mm -hmm. whether or not it's valid, you know? Think Tank is going to write whatever the fuck they want and put it out and be like, here you go, bitch. Yeah. Nothing behind it. Exactly, exactly. So it's those are the things that beg deeper investigation, but who the fuck has time to read nine other healthcare proposals and see which one is legitimate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> we find the time and that's why motherfuckers come here. So, right. <laughs> so with that, I think that we will head into the actual show. This was a great fucking pre-show boys. Thank you. This was awesome. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, again, we will hit on the fucking social medias. We have our own personal social medias. I am at salt of the street on Twitter and alpaca underscore Don on Instagram. Colin is at big bird Offie on both those things. Brooks underscore Isaiah on Twitter. We have our, Facebook at Salt of the Streets, YouTube at Salt of the Streets, Instagram at Salt of the Streets. You can find everything on saltofthestreets.com, which will soon be renovated to look brand new and beautiful. Boom skis. Um, That is it. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Check it out on Monday for the episode. Peace out. Peace.